Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. It's the Keith Walsh Podcast. It's essential like your breakfast. It will get you up and going, learn some things you didn't know Yeah, it's the Keith Walsh Podcast It's the Keith Walsh Podcast Give you energy like buck fast And if your head's in a pickle or you're looking for a giggle It's the Keith Walsh Podcast yeah. Good evening Good evening I'm trying out a new mic so I have to talk like that And I'm trying out a new mic because I probably should stop talking like this but everybody's in bed so I'm trying to keep my voice down also it's absolutely lashing outside so I'm trying to talk I have a small kind of booth thing it's like a shield for the mic so I'm kind of trying to talk quietly uh, within the shield so you can't hear the rain against the window and so I don't wake everybody up who's asleep. Now, when I say everyone's asleep, my wife has gone to bed. She may not be asleep yet. And my son is having a sleepover with his friend. They're definitely not asleep. Um, And my daughter's downstairs. So I'm mostly being quiet because the wall behind me is the wall between this room and the master bedroom where the master sleeps. That's my wife. Um, And I sleep there also. Sometimes, if I'm good. So I'm mostly trying to be quiet so that I don't wake my wife. Which is, you know, I'm sure she would do it for me if she was in here doing stuff. Um, anyway, it's absolutely hammering down. Bucketing. Just spilling. Lashing. Um, so it's nice to be in here. Nice to be warm inside away from the rain and feeling blessed I suppose Um, also I need to mention that the man the legend that is Ryan Mack who wrote the Keith Walsh podcast theme jingle uh, is currently number one on the iTunes chart for the song that he wrote that he talked about in an earlier podcast you'll find it in there it's me talking to Ryan Mack where he talks about being in a band called Hometown, who almost made it. Um, he tells the story of that, but also he talks about this song they wrote while in lockdown, um, when he realised he had no money, and the song's called Broke, and it's doing very well. It's getting a lot of radio play. It's number one in the iTunes, as I said, and uh, I'm delighted, because he's a lovely guy, and he's worked hard, and uh, if you listen to that podcast, you'll know he's a good guy. And I'm just really happy for him. So there you go. <clears throat> that is the crack. 
he says as he gets in. Hang on a second there, I'll just take a little drink. Mmm. Mmm. Delicious. Some people don't like the sound of people drinking or eating. I won't eat. It's fine. Don't worry about that. It's absolutely fine. Right, uh, what's going on here? Well, Ireland just lost to England. It is, the date is, it was a soccer match, it was a friendly. We didn't really try. We just let them win. You know what I mean? Um, the date is the 12th of the 11th, 2020. Just FYI for your information. This is the Keith Watch Podcast. And I'm delighted, delighted with the guest for the podcast for today. Podcast number 25. I never get it wrong. I'm always right. I may have gotten it wrong before. Um, this is podcast number 25. And it is with the very brilliant Senator Lynn Ruan. Born 20th October 1984. Uh, she's an Irish politician who has served as an independent senator for the University of Dublin constituency in Shannon Aaron. Since April 2016, she was president of the Trinity College Dublin Students' Union from 2015 to 2016. And I suppose what makes her unique, if you haven't heard of Senator Lynn Ruan, uh, is that she is from an area of Dublin where you wouldn't normally find a Trinity students, although they do come from, from Tala, and B, you would not find that many politicians and certainly not um, presidents of the Students' Union in Trinity and then um, members of the Shannon uh, voted in by former university students and university students, as far as I can see, as far as I can tell, as far as my knowledge goes with how that whole thing works. But, um, yeah, she's a brilliant... Uh, she's brilliant... She's an inspiration. She's an absolute legend. She, as you'll hear, we talked about many, many things like where she grew up, um, fireworks. Because when we recorded this, was the night after Halloween night, where uh, if you're listening outside Ireland, it is outside Ireland. It is tradition, um, as in as it is in many places, I think, to uh, let off fireworks. Light fires and all that kind of stuff. Um, it says uh, Lynn grew up in Tala. She became a single mother and left school aged 15. Now, there aren't that many people, certainly in Ireland, and women who uh, become a single mother and leave school at the age of 15 and then go on to join the Shannon. And I'd imagine she's the only one. I could do a little bit of research, but I'm going to take a chance on saying she's the only one. And not that many of them go to Trinity, so she's she's quite unique. Um, she played a juror on the TV3 historical courtroom drama Trial of the Century. I did not know that. Um, I especially wanted to get her on because I read her book on holidays and literally probably ignored my family for about two days because I couldn't put it down. And <laughs> from the first thing, first thing in the morning, I just sat on my lounger and there was some interaction with my family and I did eat. And they did have a few drinks, but I mostly just read her book, People Like Me, uh, which is a memoir. And uh, it reached number one on the Irish paperback non-fiction chart and won the 2018 On Post Irish Book Award for Best Non-Fiction. So she's quite accomplished. Uh, she has two daughters. And uh, what else do you need to know about her? Well, look, you can Google anything if you're not sure. 
Um, she was a member of the Civil Engagement Group in the Shannon, and they're qu- quite good at getting things passed and all that kind of stuff and getting things done, as you'll hear her talk about. Uh, so I think that's enough of me rambling on. I hope you got the gist of things. Uh, this is episode number 25 of the Keith Walsh podcast with Senator Lynn Ruan. Enjoy. Thank you very much. Uh, are you okay? Are you wrecked after your weekend? Or? I'm good. Welcome to my bedroom. I'm sitting here eating monkey nuts. Good. It's the time of the year for monkey nuts. Well, well welcome to my the room where I go upstairs uh, to do my podcast. Now, I will warn you that somebody, there's been a lot of commotion. It's Sunday evening in our house, so if someone needs my 12 year old wants to go out yeah and he can't find his jacket so they've come into this room about three times already looking for the same jacket that i've already said three times is not in this room so just be warned that someone could burst in asking me for a fourth time if the jacket is in this room i actually got very excited i, I don't know if this is weird but a girl called to the door for my son oh i got very excited i got like for him i i don't know what like he's very cool about it but okay so he's gone out in the rain with the girl. Yeah, there's a there's a bunch of girls they call up and it's raining outside and they've gone out. So <laughs> <laughs> who knows what the hell is going on? But he's at that age. I like hope, I'm, I hope he finds his jacket. So I'm very jealous of that age because uh, nope. not in a weird way, uh, but because like Halloween was last night and uh, I mean it's quite. We live in a nice estate here in Newbridge and Kildare, so it's quite tame, really. Like it's fireworks, and the neighbours would be giving out with the fireworks, and you know that. But that'd be the height of it, you know. In my day, you'd be burning, you'd be nearly burning the local petrol station down. But <laughs> but here it's quite nice. But I was jealous of him going out and uh, just, you know, for the night gadding about, whatever, getting up to mischief. You know, Halloween nights just brings back good memories. I, yeah, I Halloween was always so. Every like just the amount of kids just everywhere out in the streets like and like I know people kind of frown upon it and look down but I know I got excited to see the kids dragging the pallets around the estate ready to get their fires going you know like Killinarden was absolutely bouncing last night with fireworks and everybody was you know hanging out their windows while different neighbours were out on the grass letting theirs off and then you know but it was nice to see you know I think it was an expression the amount of fireworks last night felt like an expression of some sort of pent up isolation where it was just like reminding the world and the universe that we're, we're here. <laughs> it was definitely, it was definitely a sense of release. And mm-hmm. I don't know if it's especially this year, but it is kind of for the kids, like the end of the summer, the winter's coming, like it's kind of the last few evenings you can get out. I remember being young and robbing tires off the gang that had their tires for their bonfire and all that kind of stuff <laughs> i i noticed on twitter I, I i i know you're away for the weekend but um a certain former actor per, probably actor at the moment uh, i think he's a dublin eight dublin seven resident i don't know if i want to mention his name but he he said he said something i'm going to paraphrase this he said something along the lines of if i hear anybody from dublin eight complaining or any of their constituents or representatives complaining about not having enough money uh the the amount of fireworks i've heard tonight clearly basically he was saying you you're complaining about not having enough money but yet you've money for fireworks and he was giving out about this and he got a bit of a lambasting on twitter and rightly so when do you think it's okay for people who don't have much money to spend things on on something nice (laughs) 
I know. How dare you have fun? How dare you enjoy yourself? I've been hearing phrases like that for years and I never, I never, I don't enjoy kind of like Twitter kind, you know, when, like when things blow up on Twitter. So sometimes I try and reference a situation while just, you know, without targeting a particular individual. I may have but, noticed that tweet. Yeah. So like, I've heard that before, like, and the phrases that I used in my tweet, like around, but they have Sky Sports, like there was a three hour conversation I had one night at a party with somebody who was like, poverty doesn't exist. Like, and they were talking about people having like, you know, um, satellite. So it's like, how dare you be poor and still want to enjoy the things that everybody else is? Why don't you be poor and isolate yourself, not know what's going on culturally, you know, look poor why like you know like you know and i remember like even watching people in documentaries or you know on on tv if they're from a working class background saying they've experienced some sort of hardship or they're experiencing homelessness and being completely attacked for putting on a dress and some makeup and getting their hair done so that they can you know get themselves feel good about going on the telly and then all of a sudden their situation no longer exists because they've managed to get a fucking blow dry in their hair or something do you know what I mean and it's just this real lack of analysis and understanding of what poverty actually is it's not the 20s and 30s anymore you know and when my dad like my dad used to tell me about going to school with you know holding his shoes and um, putting beer mats in the end of their shoes for the soul you know to keep the wet out but poverty doesn't look is not that anymore you know in a capitalist world poverty looks different you know what I mean and I think people just need to sometimes slow down and be a bit more respectful and kind of maybe just educate them a little, a little bit on like you know what it means to be poor yeah don't be so judgmental either like you know I mean let people spend and and my knowledge of I wasn't we weren't wealthy growing up but my the way I feel people do it is they save up for occasions. They save up for things. They, they put money aside, they, you know, and, and, and then they do whatever they want, you know, for Christmas or they do whatever they want for Halloween or they do, they will, they'll be, they'll be scraping bits and pieces together now for a couple of weeks. You know, and like, you know, grown up and, and even still to this day, like the amount of women that take out, you know, high interest loans to get their kids through September for school and then they try and get that loan paid off for Christmas so that they can, you know, make sure that kids have what other kids have at Christmas. So a lot of women don't, even though they are not in a position to save, are in this constant cycle of, you know, high interest loans, like, you know, the, door, the, the loan man at the door and stuff. And, and it's so that their kids can have luxuries. It's like, you're not, if you're poor, you're not allowed to have any other enjoyment in life. And it's that real starvation, not only of having, you know, it's not only about having food in your belly, but it's about having access to other parts of the world and life that nourish your soul. So you can be impoverished culturally, socially, you know, you can be impoverished because you don't have enough information about the world or you don't have, you know, like there's loads of different ways that poverty impacts people. It's not all about, um, you know, whether your belly is full or not in a particular moment. And I just, yeah, I think it's just, it's just short-sighted and it's just kind of poor form, you know. Also, it's very, uh, it's very simplistic in that relating, and I know we're talking about money because we're talking, you have to, you need money to buy fireworks, but also it's relating, directly relating money and wealth to some sort of satisfaction and happiness. And, and it's, that's, to me, that's very simplistic and short-sighted as well. Um, do you miss, I, I, the, there was a part of your book, I read it, I don't really, I'm not a, 
a voracious, is that the right word? I don't know because I don't read a lot. I'm, I I like reading, but I get a book and I'll just, I'll just eat it. You know, I, I'll, the reason I wanted to get you on is because I loved your book. Um, and there was something about, like, like definitely, I could, I love the part where you were kind of like, you were a young teenager and you were starting to meet friends from sort of outside your road or maybe your first boyfriend or you were starting to think about fashion and music and all that kind of stuff and you really I think you really sort of got the excitement of that now there was there was a, har- a hardship to it as well but but I really like when I grew up in Athlone in the Midlands now I'm not trying to compare but we lived in a state called Willow Park and there was it was like Athlone had a bad heroin problem uh, in the in the eighties and late eighties and early nineties, and things weren't tough. But but that ex- I, I really sensed that excitement, and I could feel it. Like, I, and it really brought me back to those days. No matter what's going on, that ex- those years, you know, the preteen, you're just getting into noticing certain things, and uh, you know, getting into what kind of trainers. I just wanted to say that I, I loved that part of the book, you know. Um, I, think, I think I think I think I felt that part of the book more than any other part you know it, it was um like like last night with Halloween like you know as soon as I heard the fireworks going off and I noticed a bonfire there's this part of me that's going is it still okay for me to go out and like to that but like am I like can I be 13 please you know I love there was an aliveness about it about them that age even though the hardship was there there was like there was no forgetting you were alive and you were constantly turned on and you were laughing and you were forming all your kind of thoughts about the world and who you are. I just think those years are so, they're so fundamental to the rest of our lives, you know? And I think you only have to be on a, a drinking session after a wedding or at a party with all your friends you grew up with. You're, te- you're still telling the same stories and it doesn't matter that at every wedding you just go back to telling the same stories. And do you remember this person battered your man over there outside this, you know, and it's like, and it's like, we've actually told these stories to each other a million times, but there's something about, about that togetherness and about being with your friends that just kind of really gets you giddy even at like my age of 36, you know what I mean? I still reminisce about being a teenager. I still think I'm there. I still think I'm mostly that person. I'm more yeah. that, I'm more that person. Like I have to keep reminding myself, like I'm in my forties. Like I'm, I will be in a few years, I'm going to be 50, you know? And I keep having to say it to myself. Do you feel like, um, you know, because of, I mean, is part of you not knowing whether you can go out onto the street because of the responsibility of your job or just because of being an adult? I know just being an adult like I mean and your kids are out or whatever and obviously last night is different anyway because everybody's kind of watching from their gardens or whatever or something like so last night didn't feel too bad but I suppose I've grown I'm grown I'm living still in the same state that I grew up in which means my kids are grown up here so at some stage you have to step back and allow your kids from their identities into space and you need to you need to take your your life somewhere else you know <laughs> it's hard though isn't it it's hard like I don't want to be a weirdo. Like I don't want to, I'm not, I don't want to be some sort of Peter Pan uh, figure, but you know, it's, there's, <laughs> there's, <laughs> I, 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 there was a moment I was outside with my son and he was on a scooter with his friends and they were all into scooters. And, and I had a, I was, I was threatened to learn. This is ridiculous because <laughs> I'm sitting here with my baseball cap on backwards and I'm talking about, I was trying to learn how to skateboard, but suddenly 
everybody went, I don't know what has something happened. Everybody was gone. They all went around the corner. They all ran down the road or whatever. And it was just me and this young lad, a very small kid who lives around the corner. And he's like down here, like he's, he's kind of small for his age. He's looking up at me. He's up, it's just me and him. And I'm standing with my skateboard and he's with a scooter. And he just looks up and he goes, <laughs> everyone's gone. And he goes, are you staying out? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. That is like a proper comedy moment in some sort of a film, isn't it? Did you stay out? I said I'd stay out for a little while, yeah. I, I, <laughs> it made me, he made me until feel... The street, until the street lights came on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, Oren, you know what? I will stay out. I will stay out for a while. <laughs> He made yeah. my he made my day though. He's like, are you staying out? It's like, yeah, why not? Might as well. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I yearn for that. You know, it's it's okay. it's it's not easy to get old. You know, it's not easy to to uh, to be responsible and to 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 be copped on and all that kind of stuff. And um, also to also try and create the space to be playful as an adult and know that it's all right. Like you know what I mean? Um, you know, to to be silly or to you know, it's it's like sometimes maybe. We're, we're too afraid of you know I don't know just how we look or how we come across that we're kind of also afraid to you know just have really basic childlike fun you know um but yeah it's it's definitely I've definitely like there's a lot of years where I've been just like not good crack do you know what I mean and I'm kind of like at like you know I think as I get older though I seem to be you know I seem to be letting a fun back in, you know, but childlike fun, you know, that doesn't involve drinking and not necessarily like at festivals or the stuff that I did for adult fun, but just normal giddiness, you know? Yeah, it's important, you know, and I, I think that, I mean, you you would have spent a lot of time, I mean, you would, I, I'd imagine there was many years where you were quite serious about, you know, ab about your business and about what you were about and about what you wanted to achieve. Uh, um, and obviously, it paid dividends you know do you feel like you're in a space now where like were you was there a time where you're worried about if I stop if I stop moving forward or stop kind of saying yes or stop kind of going it's gonna it's all gonna disappear like do you think you've gotten to a place now where you can sort of relax a little bit breathe out a little bit yeah totally 100% and I especially the last two years for me I've really noticed this shift inside me and it's like everything that I've worked towards say professionally but also everything I've worked on internally in terms of who I am and how I feel or the things I've experienced in the world it's like all of a sudden all those years of everything I put in I can really feel them I'm not sure I ever felt like I used to always be really worried that I didn't know how to feel validated by things so even if I achieved there was no sense of validation where I'm starting to actually be able to feel the positive emotion and the positive affirmation of being in a good place or doing good things where before I realized now that validation and stuff never really stayed with me for very long because I wasn't safe yet you know it wasn't something that um I could take for granted that I needed to get to a place where I felt safe now I know you know awful things can happen to us that we could don't ever expect but I definitely feel my brain and my you know my emotional capacity and all those things I've nourished them so much over the years that I think that that's in a good enough place that no matter what happens like if I was to you know not get re-elected or I was to you know change the course of my professional career that I know I kind of know I'll be all right and I used to always kind of challenge people years ago um 
you know, when people that have had maybe um, a good, um, not a good upbringing, but a more privileged upbringing. Um, so, you know, they never they never had to worry about poverty or cost of living or, you know, you know, whether they were going to be able to get a job or all of that. And everything is a bit more sure. And I remember, you know, listening to a speaker once say that instead of going to college, she just decided to, you know, travel and do this. And she was talking about, you know, the risks that she was taking. And they were risks relative to her life. But I remember looking and going, we don't have a safety net to take risks. You know, I don't, kids in this area can't just go, oh, I'm not going to get a job because I'm going to go and I'm going to, you know, go to Dubai and Australia and travel for a while. And, you know, that we, there's no room for risks like that. The risks that we take with our lives often end up ending our lives. Do you know what I mean? They're not positive risks, you know, where sometimes I think that people that have had access to just a better a better way of living have can take risks in a completely different way and I'm starting to really be feel that now at 36 where I can take risks that are not going to um, negatively affect me they're only ever going to positively affect me you know will I risk you know I'm, I'm doing a lot of writing at the minute so now I'm like you know will, will I risk like publishing you know asking a publisher to publish it my risks are different you know, <laughs> they don't hurt me. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's and yeah, it's it's the difference between uh, you know who you choose to hang around with as a young person, or you know, I suppose it's the difference between yeah, asking a publisher will they publish a book or or uh, yeah. or taking drugs, you know, or yeah. making yeah. that making that decision. To put something yeah. into your body that you shouldn't. Um, yeah, are different, you know. Uh, and I totally, totally get it. Do, so you do you have you come to these? I talk a lot about therapy, and I'm a big believer in therapy. And it's I'm a recent convert, really. But do you? Is this are these things that you figure out yourself, or what do you? How do you come to? How do you? How do you find you help yourself uh, shift emotionally, or you know how you, you help change your thinking? and get to certain points in life, you know? I've had to just keep trying and staying with it. Um, you know, I think sometimes we engage in um, self-reflection or we engage in therapy at the moment of a crisis. And I think the important thing for me is to engage in that when there's no crisis, you know? So a lot of people reach out for help because they've engaged some, like they've, they've encountered something really, really big. And it's a, a big, massive emotional burden. But sometimes we step away then when we've staved off the immediate threat of whatever it is that the crisis has brought, where I've kind of, I kind of see therapy engaging in kind of growth and evolving who I am as a lifelong thing that I have to maintain and I have to work at. Now, the hours I put into working on that have become less, you know, so how my world of engaging in therapy and self-taught and self-reflection and analysis all that has has at times been really intense and um felt really immediate you know I needed help really immediately where now now I find that my life is has less kind of sharp turns and I'm just smoothing out different bumps now as they happen they're not coming as big kind of shocks where I'm floored and I've engaged in long-term kind of counselling um, with, with, with um, Tommy, who I've seen since I'm younger. 
and then I've done other stuff like acceptance and commitment therapy and I try and meditate but I'm, I'm not like I don't meditate in the way that I think people when they talk about meditating do like I, I I definitely meditation is something I have to really try like I'm not good at I I'm and if I can get 10 minutes a day where I sit with a meditation that's massive or even if I only do that a couple of times a week um so for me it's just knowing that no one I don't have there's no one answer that will ever make me be the person I want to be that there's just going to be different threads that come into your life that you have to step into different therapy different different people you know new people that come into your life challenge you massively because they either reflect something back to you that nobody else ever saw or they reflect a behavior back to you that you you, you didn't um that you don't like about yourself and stuff and I think just trying to step into that as much as you can and um it is becoming easier but yeah I think I think what I believe in is the consistency part that even when it feels like you're doing okay you should still be engaging in things that will help you you know keep get, bringing that nourishment into your life you know yeah and and the 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 great thing i read about uh about meditation is it's called practice so that's all we're ever doing we're just practicing because <laughs> yeah. i'm the same i'm like if i get 10 minutes i'm i'm delighted where i just kind of at least shut something off you know or or or, or get to i don't i don't ever I don't ever astral, uh, I don't ever hover above myself. And uh, there is is a lot of talk at the, uh, well, maybe it's just in in the stuff I'm reading, but, you know, manifestation and the universe and believing in the universe. And I don't know if you're ever believe, or if you're ever into um, this kind of thing, you know, if you write down the five things you want to achieve, you know, or you can, you can almost, you know, cast spells about, you know, what you want from life and all this kind of stuff. Manifestation is what I'm talking, what I'm talking about, really. Is there, is there anything, I mean, like what I'm, in, what I'm fascinated in is why, why do you think you have ended up of all the people that you knew growing up, of all the, of all your peers, uh, you end up going to Trinity College, becoming a member of the Shannad, mm-hmm. uh, you know, writing a book, like achieving so much, like, and like, is there a way of pinpointing what you think looking back now? And I know you've a lot yet to achieve, but I'm just saying at this point, like, was it just, and like, was I can't imagine it was like, a, as a young person, you were, what? I think, I, I think if I could pinpoint it, I would be rich. Yeah. You know, if I could say what it was that made me achieve whatever, I'd be, I'd be minted, you know, and, you know, I think some people pretend they have the answers and they go out and they do all this, you know, self-help books and they, you know, do all this stuff. And, and, and I, and, and I'm always very skeptical of it because I'm like, it's so relative and it's a mixture of so many things, you know, and look, maybe particular traits, maybe being in a certain place at a certain time I do manifestation is not I don't think we can manifest things but I think I have visualized my well not my entire life but I have always had fantasies in my head like of succeeding and do this so I I'm very uh, I'm very my imagination is strong you know so I imagine myself being particular things or being successful or being good at things sometimes it's too strong where I think I'm really good at something and then I'm in the middle of doing it for someone and I realize I'm shit do you know what I mean so my imagination could be both good and bad but 
I have always visualized um, what I've wanted and I have always thought about the future. I think about it less now, but that goes back to that earlier point of feeling a bit more safe to be in the moment and not having to plan forward. But um, I, I, I have no real answer other than there's a mixture of things. People have supported me. I've had good mentors. I'm good at accepting help, you know, and I'm good at identifying uh, people that are better than me at my job and I surround myself with them. But do I think just manifesting something? No, I think we can improve our lives and our well-being by thinking well. And I think we can get that through philosophical thought and engaging in dialogue with, with communities and with people. But like if me and you sit here and are great manifestors and the two of us are both manifesting to be Taoiseach next year, do we think that's going to no. Like So it's like, I think it's much more, uh, there's just much more ingredients that are needed, I think. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, you've got to be like, you, you, you've got, you, if you're praying to catch the bus, you've got to also be running for the bus at the same time. It's not, it's not good enough to be in bed praying to catch the bus, you know. But uh, yeah, look, I, I mean, I, I think, I think, but I also think that, and I, I don't know, I get this, I don't know you, I don't know you, and we've never met, and, and I've read your book, and I feel like I know you, but I just, just from reading your book, I feel like I know you, but I don't know. I just got that sense that some people, there's some people who will look at something or someone, and I think you're that person. Some well, people. I never say no. I never say no. Like, I mean, if someone says you should do that, I'm like, yeah, where is it? You know, and that's you'll, probably what got me into trouble. You should rob that car. Yeah, where is it? <laughs> do you know what yeah, I mean? So, yeah. you'll, or you'll say, you'll, you'll say, I, I, you'll say, I should have said. You know, when you're halfway through it, you'll go, oh shit, I should have said no, but it's too late yeah. now. Yeah. But I feel like you're one of those people and I notice that people like that and I'm a bit like that myself. I'll see someone or something or someone doing a job or someone doing something. And I'll go, OK, I, I want that. Yeah. There's other people and I have friends who it's not that they're blinkered, but it's they look down or I don't know what it is. It's they, they don't see things. They don't see possibilities. They yeah. see things are for other people, whereas I think yeah. there's people in life who see things that should be for them or could be for them or see the possibility you know i've rebelled against being put in a box so i suppose at some level i have always rebelled against being viewed in a particular way or being told i should do a particular thing so at some level as well i'd probably rebel against the idea that it's not possible for me to do things but i also acknowledge i think why um I believe in possibility and manifestation and stuff and, and meditation, but I'm also caught in the, the reality that manifestation and running for the bus and walking towards your goals um, doesn't eradicate, say, poverty or disability or you being like, so it's like, how do you take manifestation and manifestation and meditation and all those good things about exploring possibilities while also in parallel trying to battle against um, inequality and structural barriers. And that's why I'm always kind of trying to find a way to talk about the two of them in parallel instead of, you know, standing on a stage and telling people to manifest what they want and go for their goals and be whatever they want to be. Because sometimes that feels like the furthest possible thing away that anybody could even imagine. And that might not be down to them feeling like that it's not for them, but that it's way too difficult to get there because of all the other external factors. So I like to try and talk about, I suppose, our attitude towards things, but while also knowing that institution, institutional barriers are, are, are usually greater 
than our individual ability, you know? Mm. And, and those two things for the masses anyway, like some one person can transcend their class, but we've only really achieved anything when class transcends class, you know, when it's a, when it's a mass opportunity, not just, you know, pockets of opportunity. But I think we're only, I mean, I think a lot of the time, some, a lot of the time I feel like we're, we're fighting, we're, you know, fighting fires, you know, we're not like, here's my, uh, here's my, as, as blind boy might say, here's my hot take. So, I'm going to open my window, right? Because I'm, it's yeah. The heat is on here behind me back. And it's, is there uh, fireworks going on? No, there's no fireworks. <laughs> I think it's too wet. They're all, uh, all, they're all inside. The, um, here's my hot take. So when we finally, as a country, and I was talking to, uh, um, I had a guest on talking about the mother and baby homes and the, uh, the, 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 the choice that the government made to seal the information and, and repeal the seal and all that kind of stuff. And we were discussing that and it, it, it occurred to me that we kind of fucked up right from the start, right? So when we became an independent, when, when the Republic of Ireland became a Republic and won its independence, we aligned ourselves with the wrong people. It, as in, we made some really bad choices right there and then in aligning ourselves with the church, first of all, or allowing them to have as much authority or as much involvement as they did. And also then we decided, or someone somewhere, so we, we wanted to be free away from our oppressors. We yeah. finally win our independence. We're finally free. And we make these decisions to become, to oppress ourselves. Like women and children become second class citizens and probably worse. The poor are, I mean, like there's, 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 there suddenly becomes a caste system. The, like we really fucked up right, right from the start. And I think until like, we're just like, we're just trying to put out fires at this stage until we start talking about how we really fucked up right from the start and almost like somehow try and figure out how to start again. I don't know if we're going to get anywhere. Yeah. I've, I've never, um, I've never been good at, I suppose, understanding some of our historical stuff. I've never, it, it's um, like, hey, me, me, me neither. This is just, you know, this is just layman very, sort of, yeah. You know, yeah. Very, it'd be very layman for me too. And, but what I feel is that, you know, how we fucked up really was also the thing that kind of bound us as a country. So um, I don't know whether we could have broke free from our colonial oppressors if we hadn't have had an identity to, um, to come under. And we identified ourselves as Catholic as opposed to presidents or the church of england so catholicism and this is like a really like not thought out like i'm no i'm no good at this stuff but for me i think it was just that's what brought us together and we could define ourselves against the english and we defined ourselves as catholic so that became the identity that became and then obviously then er uh, er uh, you know that becomes the oppression in and itself and you know, I don't think we could have foresaw that at the time, you know. But that led to secrets being kept, totally, yeah. to, uh, you know, problems being brushed under the carpet. If we pretend that this shit isn't happening, it's not happening, we don't have to deal with it. And ultimately, people are greedy. They see the fact that if we, we're, we're, we're not allowing uh, unmarried mothers to have their own children, we're taking them away. 
okay, well, look, at, we can't just let them all die or bury them all in unmarked graves. Now we can, now we'll just start selling them and make some money. Like it's just, it's bonkers, the whole thing. And, but, but you can counselor, see. My counselor always says to me, you can't make sense out of nonsense. Yeah. And I suppose when it comes to this, I find it so hard to understand and make sense of. I probably, I probably, I probably spend, I don't spend a lot of time thinking about it. I spend a lot of time going, well, how do we, how do we fix what's left from that do you know what I mean so I think I get I tend not to try and get stuck in 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 the past with not in the sense of ignoring it it's yeah and it's it's part like it's not it's very much the reason why we are where we are but I think I think I think trying to be you know an advocate and an optimist about what we can do to try and correct some of that in the present where we do have some control where we do have the ability to advocate and to stand up for women and to challenge the status quo, that all exists now. So it's like, well, what do we do with that power now instead of being crippled by trying to understand why people made particular decisions in the past and just trying to force people to make better decisions now? And I suppose sometimes then it's hard not to become disillusioned by that kind of way that I work because then I also only have to look at direct provision or look at how people in in lower classes are treated or lone parents are treated you know or even I always remember a friend of mine a researcher who runs an amazing service saying that you know when we close down the asylums we literally um you know it was phrased that we were integrating people with mental health issues into the community where they should be supported by you know communities and integrated and services when actually our, uh, the, the lunatic asylums ended up on the streets, our streets became the asylum, you know, so all those people were just reclassified, you know, so people that were in institutions were reclassified as something else, you know, so mothers, fallen women, all this, they were just reclassified single parents, they just want to gaff, they just this, they just that, you know, where's the dads, you know, like as if it's the mother's fault, like, so there's all this kind of stuff, like, and I think all we've done for years is reclassified things instead of actually fixing them and making them better. But it's that, yeah, but it's the finger pointing, it's the telling on your neighbours, it's the, and that all comes from the fact that we didn't, you know, if your daughter was pregnant and the neighbours found out, she could be taken off you. And if she was, there was nothing you could do about it, et cetera, et cetera. And it was the poor that suffered the most. And it was the poor that got the least information. And definitely we don't want to be going back over, you know, what happened in 1920 or 1930 or 1940. But unfortunately, it seems like with, with the Dahl's recent decision to try and seal up the information that they got from, from, uh, from looking into what happened, to these women and in, in these homes and to their children and where they went that we've just gone we just said yeah no we're still afraid of, of talking about the truth we're still and whatever the reason it's still a dismiss and it's another, it's just another dismissal and control of of women you know we're not controlling them by putting them in an institution anymore but we're by controlling them by never letting them know who they are or where they're from or you know what their original name was on their birth cert or you know so you know we move from the control in the physical sense to control in the emotional and and mental sense controlling identity and controlling information and it's all about controlling women but just changing how we control you know it just seems so sad. I mean, it's just, it's heartbreaking. It's yeah. it's heartbreaking for these people to you know sort of pluck up the courage and 
and give their testimony and tell their story only for to be told well you know what that's 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 not for we're not going to do anything with that now you know which is and 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 obviously Tusla are going to look after everybody that would be all grand you know um do you do you sometimes think and even chatting to me or you know (laughs) in your day to day or looking on twitter or something now that you work in the Shannon and uh, you know you you are privy to certain things or information, do you sometimes feel like, ah, oh, lads, you don't know the half of it, lads, like, like the public or the politicians? The public, the public, like, do you know? Do you think sometimes we're a little bit like, uh, you know, almost like giving out about petty things when you know what, you know? No, no, no. I, 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 I think that I think. I think like press the pressure from the public on so many different issues has been unreal. And I think in in the majority of cases, things have been brought to my attention or awareness from the public, not the politicians. Do you know what I mean? So I think most of the time the public and society are way ahead of the politicians and they're trying to drag the political class into the 24th century with them in how we do business. You know, so I I I look at the status quo of politics and go, Jesus, you just don't know the half of it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Or else you're referring to see the half of it, you know, and it's all about protecting power and who's, you know, it's all about elections and it's all about election cycles. And, you know, I think it's, I think the public, the public know the information. Yes, of course, it's hard to sometimes understand all the information or somebody might get a particular part of a subject wrong or they're jumping on something or they haven't gone and done their research to figure it out but for the most part people that are trying to engage in public life in some way um even if they don't have everything right they 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 have a lot like they really do like I'm there's so so many amazing advocates advocates now as well but like I obviously want to get to a world where or in Ireland where we're not relying on advocates anymore and all the people that we're advocating for make up the political system you know and like that that's my that's my hope you know that advocacy like middle class people are middle class politicians or ngos no longer exist because the working class and travelers and and uh, people of color are all part of who we see in the political spectrum you know yeah, but there must be a fear for certain people, certain members of society. Like your honesty was, you were honest right from the start. Like you never, like the worry then is for people who have, <laughs> you know, who have grown up and are worried about skeletons in the closet or the fact that they might have gone to, uh, you know, a, a dance club in the 90s and taken something they shouldn't have taken. And that might come back to bite them. And there's lo- there's probably lots of people out there that, won't get involved in, in, in politics because sometimes it can become about the time you had a spliff in college and that can, you know, that can be, that can ruin your career rather than the good work you're trying to do. Do you know what I mean? Do you think there's, do you think there's people out there that you, you would like to see getting involved, but they won't for that reason? Or is that just bollocks? I don't think from my type of background, because I think we probably look at people and go, what, you didn't go to a nightclub in the nineties and take a load of E? What the fuck is wrong with you? so I think we're less bothered about that like I think we're more judged in a stereotype kind of way do you know what I mean I don't I think I think it's usually people that are hiding really fraudulent things that should 
be the ones that worry. You know, we're all humans. We've all grown up. We've all got drunk. We've all, you know, fell over the neighbor's garden wall or whatever, bleeding weed behind the wheelie bin. Well, at least, at least I hope everyone has. <laughs> that was only only <laughs> only twice. <laughs> you know, so like I think if they're the types of things we're worrying about or that will stop us getting into politics. Well, then what we judge people on is very, very like we're judging people on the wrong things. You know, we need to be judging people on, you know, what they're putting out there into the world, who, you know, what policies they're creating, you know, who they're advocating for, not kind of, you know, teenage discrepancies in their life or teenage, you know, parts of growing up or just normal human mistakes. Everyone has to have space and room to grow and evolve as a human. And we shouldn't like, I would hate to think just people that don't get that would be really good in politics that don't get involved because they're afraid of how they'd be judged, you know. And would it annoy you that people who kind of just give out and don't seem to get involved, would that be a, an issue for you? Would you be like, look, if, if we just do try and do either do something about it or, or, or stay out of it? No, I think for me, the biggest thing is um, it's not that people like I think that people should just do something. I, my biggest thing is about people voting like what, whatever else you do, like, you know, nobody needs to like join the, you know, local you know community council or something like i'm not like i'm thinking about voting I, I, I that's the bit of work that i would love to do and see really achieved and challenged is people really taking ownership over their democratic right to vote and i think that could change so much and you know so that's the one thing i do wish people would do more but other than that i think the most i can want from people is to you know to 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 try and live well themselves and inform themselves as best they can you know and if that's only so that them and their families can progress in a particular way well then that's fine once you're living well and what you're putting into your family and your future is well-meaning and it's you know whatever but i i think you know politics with a capital p is a very small minority of people you know um, like you know a handful of senators and 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 you know a couple hundred TDs um other than that outside of that like the, the Ireland is so big and has so many people so all you can want is for them to strive for the good and think of others and you know I don't know live a Christian life <laughs> <laughs> go to church go to church more often go to confession give money to the priest every Sunday Bring back the envelope, bring back your choker box, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> what do you see that big thing that I have a heap pad on me neck? Oh, no, I didn't notice. Is this from your is this from your new hobby of running now? Or have you stopped the, the... So I snapped, uh, no, I've, I'm running three times. Well, we plan. I ran three times last week. My plan is to run three times the week coming as well. Just because obviously the gyms are closed. It's not from running. It's actually I think it's actually from tension. So I'm like completely fucking my neck and everything is like locked up like that. Ah, so just looking I, at it out on the screen here. So just in case people it, are like watching your live of your podcast, I just want to. This is, we'll just I'm put the. Wearing, I'm not wearing like a sanitary towel on my neck, which kind of is what it looks like. Which, which is fine if that's what you're into. Everything. <laughs> we won't, we won't put the, we won't put the video out. We'll just put the audio out. But, um, and uh, are you still doing the back squats then? Like what are you squatting these days? Yeah, well, I used to be great. Like I used to, like, I mean, the the most I've ever done was like probably like 120 kilos. Wow. Now, now it's kind of like 60. Yeah. 60, That's 70. very impressive. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, but I've just slowed it down. I'm full of injuries. I have so many injuries from running the marathons. I've the my scans have shown up like an early onset of osteoporosis. Um, so I've lots of I've lots of stuff going on, and I've had to let my ego of wanting to lift what everyone else is lifting around me, or training in the way that everyone's training around me, or running marathons, all those things. I've had to really battle to let go of the fascination with keeping up with everyone in that space and really accept that if I want my body to go the full length with me I need to you know I need to pull back and and you know exercise but be easy go easy on myself you know we, we go, it's it's you're younger than me but you know it's age you know it'll catch up with you that's the <laughs> what's the um so the Shannon at the moment I know you were involved in the control drugs and harm reduction bill, um, which was which proposed removing criminal sanctions for minor drug possession. That was nine, 2019. Where are you at with that at the moment, or is that is that done? Like so it doesn't. It's adjourned at the minute, but it's it's like I'm chair of the Canals Task Force, uh, Canal Communities Local Drugs Task Force, and I'm chair of the cross-party group on drug policy reform and so I'm still I'll always be active in the area of addiction and, and trying to remove barriers for people to access treatment and care and be treated humanely um, but the problem is with that they, they obviously they held a consultation process the health department and there was the biggest response to a, con, a public uh, a, 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 the health department ever it's like 20 odd thousand submissions came back and to be honest the group that they brought together to evaluate that and come up with something they just didn't go to full hog with it so they've kind of um they, they the report suggested that the first time you're caught with drugs you would uh, it would be seen as a health issue but then after that you can obviously get a, a caution the second time or whatever but then it kicks into the criminal justice system which sounds ridiculous because you're like, sorry, if it's the first time and you're never caught again, it's most likely that it's not a health issue and you smoke a bit of weed every now and again or you got caught with an E at a festival. It's actually the people that are repeatedly caught with drugs that are the ones that, need, that the really need a health intervention. You know, so for me now, they haven't moved on any of that. Like they haven't brought forward any legislation. So at the minute, I'm just... Just stepping back a bit and seeing where this goes next but I'm very linked in with like the kind of global move towards you know decriminalization and those conversations and I do look to other countries that are having those conversations to see how I can continue to kind of you know um try and overcome some of the obstacles that are in the way and you know Ireland always looks to other common law countries on how to do this and because Portugal has been um, mentioned so many times and how Ireland can do it they've found a way I suppose to say because we're common law and they're civil law that that doesn't naturally translate to how we do things which makes no sense because you've the report that you've actually launched and said what the policies are going to take means that the actually civil law in Portugal naturally translates for the first time you're 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 caught so how can how can you make that work on the first time and not any subsequent time so you can view, so it's just an arbitrary decision to say yeah. that it's thereafter. So, yeah, so I'm still working with all the different advocates and people to, so it will be, I'd say it's, it's that and my spent convictions legislation 
or anything that really massively is is and really obvious unequal implementation of a law will always be my work like you know it's an extension of my life and it's an extension of my professional career in the homeless sector or in the addiction sector you know there is a thread that runs with me since I'm a teenager on the things that I've been passionate about I've just moved my advocacy on them into different spaces so it's not that it's gone away it's just I'm 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 regrouping yeah just yeah. just just taking a moment to see where it ends up. I know New Zealand are in the cur- are currently voting to see if they legalize marijuana, but I, th- I think it's I think most of the country are voting against it. It's oh really? I think it's fifty two percent against at the moment. They still have and they 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 voted on the, the the assisted dying then the other day, didn't they? Uh yeah, and that's kind of something that's going that's ongoing at the moment now, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Here here yeah. in Ireland, I know. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I wasn't really. I think they voted that it, they voted for us or whatever. They favor, yeah. Now I haven't yeah. read any of the the detail of what's involved, you know, or, or what that what their what their proposed policies are around. I just kind of seen the headline stuff, but uh, like it's interesting. Um, it's hard, I think, sometimes to imagine a country that is going to be open to exploring assisted dying. Um, which can be a hot topic, you know. I'm I'm in favor of those conversations. I want to see I want to see how how they progress and how they move here in Ireland. It's such an important conversation to have, and it's an important. It's it's it's, you know, how someone dies and dying well is one of the most important things you can give to a person and their family. So to think of New Zealand supporting that that and not supporting legalized marijuana, it, it's mad, isn't it? Like how you know you think. Just because somebody is like liberal or seem like progressive on one issue, it doesn't naturally um, translate across all issues, you know. And yeah, it's interesting um, because they both seem like kind of liberally things, you know, sort of. Yeah, like, if you were to try and put progressive thought, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I had Vicky feeling on on this podcast as well, talking about. It. I know she she's been doing tremendous work in that area, and uh, you know, so the best of luck to her. Um, so what do you so what how long have you left now in the Shannon and can you just keep getting voted into the Shannon for the rest of your life or what's the <laughs> what's the, like what's the what's the plan what are you what are you thinking because well, you're just well, I mean I, I I don't know I don't know what my plan is um I've I'm very focused like I really want to get my spent convictions legislation through to the end and I really want to make some changes and I want my time in politics to be not only a story you know not only a positive like you know role model story or a can-do story or whatever I want to people to actually be able to point to real tangible change that can be created when you bring alternative voices into a political space so how I do that really depends on how, how, like what I do next really depends on how successful I can be and actually changing life for the people and the communities that I care about. And I'll make my decisions based on that. So if three or four years down the line and everything I've worked on, drug decrim, spent convictions, if all those things just fall off the face of the earth and nobody ever, you know, sees them through to the finish line with me, I'll have to look at, is the Senate the best place for me to continue to pursue these things? You know, do I need to move to some sort of like NGO space? Do I need to move, like whatever that may be. I just know that I care about particular issues and I make my decisions based on where I'm having the most impact. 
but I've no really plan as as yet. Like I've only been re-elected in this year, which means I'm there as long as this government holds. And I'll have to just make decisions then when when we're going back to an election as to whether there's, you know, whether I should keep going in the space that I'm in. But in theory, I mean, I don't know a lot about politics with a capital P, but in theory, you could just could stay, stay for- forever. Yeah. yeah, as long yeah. as you get folded in. Yeah. And what about the doll? Is that something you're interested in at all? No, not particularly. Like, I mean, I would consider it. I would consider it down the line if it looked like I could create more change there than I am in the Shannon. That doesn't exist currently at the moment. Um, Why is that? Well, I mean, we we get to table legislation just the way the same way the doll does, and. I'm an independent. I'll still be an independent in the doll, you know. And um, there's just more focus media. There's just more media focus on the doll. But actually, the only thing I can't do on the Shannon is um, affect the budget, the yearly the budget, or you know, introduce a change to the constitution. You know, other than that, all the legislation that I create starts in the Shannon. So right now, I don't see any opportunities in the doll that present something additional to that to what I'm already doing. If anything. It will change how I still am very much involved in different community projects because I would become much more of a geographical local politician where um where whatever the geographic space is or constituency that I run in, they will also have demands on me as their political rep. And right now I use a lot of my time in the Shannon to create legislation, but I also do a lot of work with schools, with youth reaches, with community organisations, with addiction um, bodies. So I do a huge amount of advocacy work to inform my policy work. And I think I would have less freedom and movement and ability to be able to do that if I was um, consumed within a constituency style politics. Makes sense to me. Uh, Are you allowed to tell people what you're doing this weekend or is that top secret? When is this going to? Top secret, Uh, possibly next week. So we'll say nothing. Yeah. Watch this space. <laughs> I won't say anything at all. <laughs> um, I like, and if there was one, if there was one law, I mean, I know if, if there was one thing you could change about the country. I mean, I know you've kind of spoken about your legacy in the Shannon or yeah, if there was one law you could change, what would it be? I mean, you've probably mentioned it already, have you? No, it's I haven't because there's so many laws that need to change. Um, so I think it's 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 not enough just to name one. Obviously, like you look at policies and you want to you want to obviously an end to homelessness or you want an end to particular issues. But if you're we're talking about it in the much broader sense, um, you know, legislation for the last hundred years have been written by a particular class of of men. And I think we really need to radically change how politics looks so that we can rewrite those laws to reflect the society that we live in. And that's everything from, you know, uh, every department, like every law needs to be gender proofed, quality proofed, poverty proofed. You know, it needs to have women at the center. And if women were never writing those bills, well, then they were never taught about when it was in the room or, you know, people from the traveler background, like there's so many bits of legislation that are so anti-traveler, you know, and like all of that needs to change. So for me, I can't pick one particular law. What me, what I would change is the face of politics you know and the people that are around the table making decisions so that um 
so that um, it's 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 more of a society society for the many, you know, and that people are really considered in policy decisions. So it's more representative of the people rather than just the yeah. the, the elite that managed to go to university or, or whatever it is. Um, okay, fair enough, good. Uh, and uh, I know I noticed you were talking about your daughter. She you you were watching. Uh, was, she, was it a movie she was in? No, so she arrives in the last episode of the second season of The Alienist. Okay, wow. Uh, opposite Dakota Fanning. And she, she, in it, she's the daughter of, you know, your man that plays Buffalo Bill in The Silence of the Lambs. I can't think of his name right now. He's uh, only ever known as Buffalo Bill in this house. Yeah. Um, um, oh, Jesus. I can't can't yeah, I'll, put, I'll, put it, I'll put it in the outro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's, yeah, so she's, I, I, I've been excited to watch that. And she has some new films coming up. And she's an amazing actor and person. And yeah, she's great. Anthony Hopkins? No, that's who played... Um, <laughs> Hannibal. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I need to Google that and put it in the outro. Oh God, I'm so thick. Fair, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. And and do you are you like, I suppose looking back at your upbringing and your daughters now, and I mean, it was is there part of you that thinks this is the way it was meant to be? This is the way, or is there parties like, I, you know, I can't believe this, or like, how do you, or do you just? it just is what it is do you know what just, I mean it just it just is what it is and I want to live my life in a way that myself and my family are happy but that we're also having a, a net impact on the world and you know doing good and I think life is it's, it's one big journey you know I studied philosophy and I, I I run philosophy in the community classes with um with a guy called Rob who does um who's a has a doctorate from Trinity in philosophy and, and a community worker called John Bissett and you know I'm I I I just want to just you know live life in every possible way that I can you know and I use you know philosophy and engagement with those different walks of life to just help me you know have an insight into all that life can give and be and just be grateful for that and I'm in the lucky position now where I can begin to enjoy, enjoy those things and I want that for everyone you know I want everyone to be able to you know like being happy shouldn't be a, a luxury and it shouldn't be a, a privilege or you know being able to have time to think about things like time to think like the most simple thing that we do just think about life some people will never be in a position to just be able to have a ponder about what life even means because they're too busy trying to survive and live you know I want people to be able to engage in thought yeah brilliant well I think that uh, as a I think as someone that young women should look up to and you know, I think th I just think it's from reading your book and from seeing what you've done since. And will you be writing a second book? Um, you I, never pres know. I presume you will. I presume you'll have to. Uh, you, you know the, the the boundaries, the barriers. The you know, yeah. You know, you just keep keep going, and and life is a life is a a process. You know, you just have to keep growing and keep trying and keep pushing into yeah. different areas and I mean I don't know where you're going to end up you could end up anywhere at this stage you know what I mean in any field and you know the possibilities are endless and it's great to see it and I'm so glad that you agreed to come on my podcast you're one of the first people I asked um, I couldn't believe when you said yes so thank you very much really?
<laughs> I do have to spread them out though. I know you asked me weeks ago, but I'm no. like, you know, when I when I engage in conversations, I'm like, I want it to be fresh and for me to have space in between so that like people are getting kind of yeah, it's fair of me that they can in that moment. <laughs> well, it was it was worth waiting for, and I was happy to wait for it. So, uh, thanks for the book. I really enjoyed it. I will uh, tell people in the outro all about it and how to buy it, uh, and and that they should. And best to look with everything and keep doing what you're doing. And as I said, you're a great role model. And uh, um, yeah, it's great that, that this country should be very proud of you. So, well done. Thanks. Thank you. I let you enjoy the rest of your evening. Bye. Goodbye. Thanks. Mind the fireworks. <laughs> right, there you have it. Senator Lynn Ruan, thank you very much. Um, I've changed I've changed back to the mic I, I usually use because, um, I don't know, I wasn't feeling it. And, yeah, I hope the intro is okay for you. And apologies for the knocking and the banging at the start of the interview and the levels as well apologies for everything apologies all around but look at you know none of us are perfect that's not what i'm striving for here but i need to figure out what it is that i'm doing that's i'm a devil for it i used to do it on the radio all the time to be like i'd be, I'd be tapping on something or banging on something and it's probably something small like the like my headphone lead knocking off something or the table being slightly having a slight rock in it or something but I have a tendency to tap and fidget um, especially when I'm like a little bit on edge or nervous <clears throat> which which I would be with interviewing someone like uh, Lynn um, interviewing most doing most interviews I'd be a bit nervous um, and then you kind of get into it and then <laughs> and then you can kind of there can be a moment in the middle where you're like hang on why am I nervous again uh, but it's all to do with energy and you know silly things like how much water you've drank that day or you know whatever energy man energy how's your energy today but uh, Lynn Lynn was an absolute dot and uh, really really delighted that she came on she was she was one of the first people I asked and she was I think the first person to agree um, she was definitely the second so she was definitely in the top two Um first or second person to agree to do the podcast and I think it's when you contact people like that and they say yes you're like okay okay this is this is good this is worth doing because you know believe it or not and I'm sure it's easy to believe but when you embark on something like this I was trying to explain it to my wife the other day because I was mansplaining uh, she was asking me about the numbers for the podcast, and I was saying, you know, they're they're okay, they're not bad, uh, and I was saying that what, what I treat it like a, a a new a musician starting out again, like maybe you were in a band before, <clears throat> excuse me, and you've decided to go solo, and these are the first gigs I'm doing in small venues, and I'm hoping to get better and move on to bigger venues and that's how it works you build an audience and you, you stick at it and that's the process and you have to trust the process and uh, enjoy the process and that's what I'm doing so um, so yeah it's uh, it's like 
this is me I'm on my own I've left the band 2FM was the band and <laughs> I'm out on my own playing small gigs around the country and I'm enjoying it enjoying the heck out of it so um, I don't even know oh yeah yeah. the reason I was telling you is because that's you know when you start off with something like this you don't you don't ever think you don't ever think you're going to do 25 of them you don't know where it's going and that's the point of it isn't it don't don't think about where it's going to end up just go for it just do it and uh, yeah 25 in and had some brilliant guests and you know constantly surprised by people who agree to do it and always worried that I'm not doing it justice and always thinking I need to do better the next time I need to do better the next time <laughs> but as long as I try and do better the next time and you have to start somewhere lads do you know what I mean do you know what I'm saying? We all have to start somewhere. Anyway, uh, thanks very much to Lynn. I'm not... Uh, who said it to me before? Yes, I am political. Everyone's political. Everything is political. But I'm not big into the the workings of politician, politics and you know how the Shannon works and how the doll works. I have a, a passing interest, a little bit of an understanding, but not hugely... And I'm, I suppose I'm always just trying to get the human story. Uh, or and, and when I say that, it sounds a bit wanky. I'm just trying to chat to people, see what happens. And that's that's generally what I try and do. Have real conversations with real people about real things. Not even, actually, I take out the about real things thing. Anyway, uh, I've rambled on enough. It is Thursday night or Friday morning podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Whatever you're doing, wherever you are. If you have any comments, you can email the show. It's keithwalsh.walsh at gmail.com or keithwalshpod at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear from you, whether you're from Dingle or, as I discovered, we had a listener from Vietnam. Wherever you're from, let me know. Get in touch. Tell me. You know, it's weird. Like When I say I have a listener from Vietnam, we had one listen in Vietnam but then I look at the map and it'll show Australia and it'll be like you know 70 listens in Australia so that's somebody or that's not somebody that's a few people in there that have listened to them all is that you? tell me about yourself actually thank you very much um, today was uh, it was good news I make these uh, I make these cards um they're just kind of hand-drawn cards, like Christmas cards, and I get them printed up and I sell them. You know, I told my wife at the end when I finished up that uh, I'd do something. I'd do this one thing and, you know, whatever else kind of money was coming in, whatever else was going on, I would do this. And every month that would look after, you know, a certain amount of money, you know. And uh, so I've been doing it, and that's just a sort of an experiment, a thing. It, it's like a challenge um, and I've taken on the challenge and every month I get to you know as you get to the second week or whatever if you're not you know I'm looking at the figures and seeing how much money I've brought in and how much money I need to bring in before the end of the month and it's just it's an interesting challenge um, so I've been making these cards and I made a calendar and that's been my project it's my little side hustle and today we uh, we started selling them in a shop called Firecastle in County Kildare 
in Kildare Town. It's in the square. It's called Firecastle. It's new enough. And it's one of these nice kind of uh, coffee shops, food emporiums. Um, you know, you can go in there and get yourself a nice jar of olives from... Actually, most of it is, I was going to say, from Italy. Uh, some of it's from Italy, but a lot of it is locally sourced and uh, and very nice. And they've got a homeware section. And they're trying to find, like, so, I suppose, quirky things for the homeware section. And they bought a few cards. I mean, they have them on display there for sale. And calendars as well. So. Good times. If you want to find out more about those things, you can follow me on Instagram. Uh, Keith Walsh. Not the solicitor, not the skateboarder. And I'm on Twitter as well. So look at that's all the details. Thanks for listening as always. I have to go to bed because it's late. And I have to get this up before midnight. Or else I will turn into a pumpkin. The podcast will turn into a pumpkin. Listen, mind how you go. Behave yourselves. You know what? I love you. In a podcast, in a podcasty way. It's not, it's not weird. Anyway, gotta go. There. Say bye. 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 No, you hang up. No, you hang up. No. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.